The arrival fallacy is the psychological phenomenon and illusion that when we achieve that particular milestone or goal, then we'll finally reach long-lasting happiness. But I've actually been through this cycle so many times of achieving goals that I've seen the illusion for what it is. And I've finally truly understood that happiness isn't an external job. It's an internal one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Trang Nova podcast, the podcast for women who know they're made for more. For those of you who are hungry to fulfill your purpose and potential and build your dream business of impact while living your truest and fullest life. My name is Trang, mentor and speaker and your host for the show. And today I'm talking about the things that I have changed my mind on. And the reason why I want to do this episode is because I do move through life pretty quickly. And part of that is I do change my mind and take on new ways of thinking and new perspectives relatively quickly as well. And I see this as a really positive thing because I believe that it it highlights that I'm open-minded, that I'm not attached to any way of thinking And I allow my thinking to mature over time so that it can progress as I learn more and integrate more of what I know in the world around me. So there are a lot of things I have changed my mind on. And I actually did have a client recently say to me that she loves how I acknowledge that frequently, how I actually specifically mention, oh, I used to think this, but now I think this. And she says that she likes that it it shows humility that I'm not always right. And that's the thing, you know, I'm not always right. No one is always right because we are always going to be evolving as we do learn more, take on different perspectives, and then our, our, our thinking is going to change. And that's not to say that what we say now doesn't carry weight. It, it does carry weight for this point in time. It just also means that it's up for change. But welcome to reality. The one constant is change. So it's okay to assert an opinion or a belief Uh, that that is what's true to you right now, also acknowledging that it may change in the future. So today's um, collection of things I've changed my mind on, it's quite eclectic. Like there are a lot of different topics that I wanted to add in here because I, I think that these will resonate with you in one way or another, whether you are in business or you're going through other seasons of life where you're focused maybe on your personal habits or your relationships. Um, I want to share all the different ways I've changed my mind on various different areas of life. So the first thing that I have changed my mind on is that I have to hit a particular goal to finally reach happiness. I think we all have this underlying narrative and this subconscious belief that when we do achieve X, Y, or Z, we'll finally be happy. But I'm quite proud of myself to say that I've reached a point in my life now where I'm much more quick to catch myself thinking that and I'm not so deeply entrenched into that narrative because the arrival fallacy is the psychological phenomenon and illusion that when we do reach a particular milestone or goal, then we'll finally reach long-lasting happiness. 
but I've been through that cycle enough times of achieving my goals and then realizing that it's not all what it's made out to be and it hasn't changed my life completely at all. Like maybe it's given me certain things, like for example, hitting my first ever six-figure year and then, you know, having consecutive six-figure years. Like I thought that it would finally make me just like relax and not have money problems ever again. Um, But what I've found is that hitting that milestone or hitting that or unlocking that level in my life has given me certain things like maybe I can fly in business class or maybe I can stay in a slightly nicer hotel when I'm traveling. But it doesn't give me the feeling that I'm seeking, that feeling of happiness, that feeling of peace, that feeling I might have had initially when I first hit my six six figure year and it was like yay fireworks and then like a few months later I just resorted back to my default state of feeling so what that's made me realize is nothing gives us that feeling of happiness and peace that is dependent on our internal workings and our internal state because there are plenty of people in the world who are living with next to nothing. You know, like they don't have the nice cars and the houses. People who I was able to make friends with and observe in Indonesia when I was living there. Um, and I'm there actually right now. But when I was living there last year for extended periods of time, I really noticed how they lived and exuded so much joy that seemed to be missing in the Western world, even though these people living in a second world country had a fraction of what people had in the Western world. So I've really realized that you can't just wait to hit a particular goal to be happy. You have to be happy now. And a way that I create that state for myself is reminding myself that I'm not meant to have everything that I want right now. Like, of course, there are plenty of things I want to be able to achieve, things that I want to become, things I want to contribute to the world. And if only I could just click my fingers and it would all happen right now. But that's just not how life works. Like when we are one year old and we are just learning how to walk, we can't expect that we're going to unlock all of the levels of, pro, uh, of development right there and then. We can't just be learning how to walk as a one-year-old and also simultaneously know how to uh, run, know how to kick a ball, know how to ski, know how to do the times tables, know how to, I don't know, make money as a one-year-old. Like we just can't unlock all those stages. We have to trust and allow time to pass to be able to unlock those stages. We, We can't skip any of those physical milestones and already be you know, running when we're only just learning how to walk. So as adults, why do we forget that? Why do we think that we can have everything right now when we're not actually ready for it? And we have to actually one by one go through the stages, unlock those stages to then reach a level of capability and worthiness of achieving the big dreams that we have. So reminding myself that life is going to look like that for the rest of my time like I'm going to constantly have more that I want to achieve but just because I haven't achieved it yet doesn't mean I can't be happy like as a one-year-old we can't be not happy because we don't know that our times tables yet like we can enjoy life as a one-year-old during that 
season on that in that chapter of our life and then enjoy a different type of life when we are in high school and we are learning our timetables and I know going to parties and, and starting to date. <laughs> like it, it's it's different life experience. Doesn't make one worse than the other, but it makes it a different experience that we should be able to soak up when we are going through that time. Because no doubt when it does get near to the end of our time and we've gone through all of these stages and we've unlocked all of these stages many of us are going to wish that we could have our time back and be back there living our young life like having little responsibility whatever it is like we're going to want to have that back so while we're there now we should just enjoy it so that's the first thing that i've changed my mind on that we have to hit a particular goal to finally be happy no we can be happy right now and I'm starting to, yeah, really uh, step into that and, and feel the joy and peace and happiness of life, even though there are still so many more things I want to become and achieve. Now, the second thing that I've changed my mind on is that we have to work harder to achieve more success. I did a talk on this last month where I shared all of the ways that I was still able to have my biggest year in business in 2023, even though it was the least that I had ever worked in the business. So some of those things were last year, I still had some of the biggest opportunities in my entire career, in my entire business, um, not from working harder, but as a delayed um, door that has opened due to a singular effort I might have made 12 months earlier or 18 months earlier to build and nurture a particular relationship. Or I tweaked my messaging a little bit, or I tweaked the way that I showed up with a bit more presence, with a bit more intention and authenticity. And then that put a wedge in a door that opened up that door nice and wide for this beautiful, like juicy opportunity to come my way. And I can pinpoint so many opportunities that happened last year that happened because of that. You know, just from a little tweak in what I did or from one seed that I planted 12 months earlier. And what that shows is that we don't always have to be working harder to have more success. We, we don't have to. Yes, at the very start, especially in business, there is going to be a time where we need to get some traction and we need to get past a certain point, a certain tipping points to um, have things work for themselves a little bit more and, and get more momentum. So yes, at the start, we, we do need to reach a certain threshold of work ethic and consistency, but that's not always the case. You know, there is a law of diminishing returns where at a certain point of working harder, it's not going to yield the same um, proportion of, of results. But even just in who we know, in the little tweaks of how we show up and our authenticity, our integrity, our intention, that can lead to more success. So this year, a big focus as I plan to double my business this year is to not just work harder, but to absolutely work more intentionally work more authentically and more smart. Now, number three, the third thing that I've changed my mind on is that you have to work out or do your meditation and journaling every single morning. I used to preach that so hard. Like 
I have always been a morning person ever since I was a personal trainer. You can probably imagine why, like 6am starts every morning. Um, so I became like really, I became a big proponent of the 5am club and like having this perfectly curated morning routine. But since then, I have realized that not everyone is the same, right? Like how can everyone be the same? It, it depends on the person their preferences, their lifestyle, their goals. Um, and it also, it also depends on the season as well. Like there are times when I'm meditating and journaling every single morning, but also there are times where I'm deep in a work season where the primary focus is output and I'm hustling and I've got targets to hit. And I might not be meditating and journaling every morning during that season, like maybe I'm doing it twice a week. Maybe I'm doing a really big session once a week. Um, but then that's just for that particular season because priorities are different. And that doesn't take away the benefit that I have achieved from doing daily journaling and meditation or working out um, prior. But what this is actually all about is it's not about having um, like a particular streak and having to do it always in the morning. It's about being consistent over time. You know, like if you can be doing every day during a particular season of your life, then do it every day. And there's going to be permanent benefits that you would have gotten from doing it during that season. And then if you're in this deep work season right now, or, you know, you've just fallen in love and everything's rainbows and sunshines and you're just sleeping in with this person every single morning, then that's going to look different as well. And you've got to honor the different seasons of your life. Like that is nature. We go through seasons and go through different priorities over time. So as long as we can be consistent and figure out what works for us. And the key is in being intentional about these regimes, then that is going to ultimately still accumulate and give us beautiful benefits over time. Having said that, though, I've got to say for me, I'm still like so uh, strict on my morning workouts. Like I've tried working out at lunchtime. I've tried working out at night. It just does not work. For me, working out in the morning is is my go-to. It's like my savior to start the day. But I don't, I no longer tell everyone that they have to also work out in the morning. Some people do best when they just go straight into their day and then they get to wrap up the day and do something for themselves by working out. Like everyone's different and that's that's the that's the beautiful thing about humans we're, we're also different and we've got to honor that and respect that because not everyone's going to think and act in the same way that we do now another thing that i've changed my mind on is that there is only one way to set goals so similarly to how i used to think that we had to always work out and journal and meditate in the morning i also used to think that setting big lofty goals is the way to go and I, I still do believe that there's there's a great advantage in setting big goals what it does is it sets the bar so high that that informs the pace and the standard that we show up and the strategy that we need to put in place to achieve that so it raises the bar for everything which often leads to greater progress and greater results. And then even if we do fall short of that big goal, then we're still going to have made it further than if we had set the bar low in the first place. 
So I do believe there are advantages. Having said that though, I've got a client who for such a long time, I was getting her to set big goals, but it was backfiring for her. Like she would set this big goal and she would say, oh my gosh, that makes me feel so intimidated. Like I feel that that is so daunting. Um, And then because of that resistance to these big goals and these expectations that she put on herself, she would go into a state of analysis paralysis. She would procrastinate. She wouldn't take action. And for a long time, it was so confusing why she wasn't getting the results that she wanted until I realized, oh my gosh, like it's the way that she, I'm making her set goals. Not everyone works in the same way. Some people get intimidated by big goals and then they just get so lost in that big goal that that they just would rather sit on the couch and watch Netflix than go through that daunting process of living up to that goal. So then for that client, what we did was we changed the strategy. Instead of setting big goals, we started to focus simply on the day-to-day and week-to-week milestones, like the action steps, the tangible strategy to get progress from week to week. And then how she showed up shifted dramatically. She she went from procrastinating and like and, and doing uh, very little to every week coming back to me with each of these tangible steps ticked off. And then that made her feel good about herself. And then it made her start to raise the bar a little bit more in what she pushed herself to do each week. And then that started to snowball in a positive direction. So point is, there is more than one way to set goals. Yes, there is a huge trend of setting big, um, dreamy goals, but not everyone is going to respond positively to that. So you find what works best for you. And it may be big goals, but it may be more tangible uh, step-by-step goals. Like what focus on what you need to do today, what you need to do, what you need to do this week. The next thing that I've changed my mind on is that when the, the thinking that when I finally reach a particular milestone, not just that I'll finally be happy, that was the first thing, but this is more like, I will have no more problems. (laughs) Like once I hit my first six figure year, once I hit like certain number of clients, once I have a boyfriend, I used to think this long, long time ago, I'll finally have no more problems. I'll never feel scarcity again. I'll never feel stressed again. I'll never feel unloved again. But I've now since realized that this is so far from the truth. Because every reality that we can experience, every potential scenario is still going to have upsides and downsides. There's two sides to a coin. One cannot come without the other. And I noticed this when I hit my first 60-figure year a few years back. Like I thought I would have all of my problems solved and I'd finally like be able to kick my feet up and relax until I started having other problems. Like bigger scale problems that came with more money. You know, instead of losing a $500 deal, now I was losing $5,000 deals. And that was stressful, right? Like instead of dealing with um, sales that were, uh, yeah, a few hundred dollars, it was now like thousands and tens and thousands of dollar sales, which came more responsibility as, um, yeah, that that sale and the, the exchange of value needed to be honored 
to match that level. And if there were any challenges, then there would be much more at stake. I also noticed that when I was traveling. So uh, I've mentioned in previous episodes last year, I was traveling for a total of five months of the year. And that had always been my dream. Like I had dreamt of having a business that was free, that was flexible, that allowed me to travel while still working. And I was like, I've made it. Like I can finally travel the world while working. And then after two and a half months of travel, I noticed that I was starting to feel a bit homesick and I was starting to get really sick of living out of a suitcase. So then I calculated and then I noticed that in the first two and a half months of travel, I had moved a total of 23 times, which meant that I had only spent an average of three and a half nights per place. No wonder I was so homesick. Like this was a serious um, emotion. Like I hadn't felt homesick like that ever because I'd never been away for so long before. But like, I'm sure many of you have maybe experienced rejection or heartbreak um, or grief of losing someone. Like, I would say this homesick feeling is parallel to some of those emotions that I'd felt in the past. Like, it was heavy and I wanted to escape it. I wanted to be like, all right, I'm just going to buy my ticket home right away because this feels really awful. Like, this feels not pleasant at all. I wouldn't want to wish this on anyone. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like this is just part of living this dream reality, this situation where it is my dream and I love all of the upsides of it. But just with the coin, there's also going to be a flip side and that flip side is the homesickness and I have to learn to deal with it. So over time, I've learned that there is never a time in life where we're not going to have problems. Like we're going to have problems whether we are single or whether we're in a marriage, they're just going to be different types of problems. We're going to have problems if we're employed versus running a business. This is going to be different types of problems. So we're always going to have problems. But the question is, what type of problem do we want to be facing? Like, would we rather have problems doing something that we don't want or problems due to our lack of accountability and discipline? Or would we rather have problems that are due to our success and due to us living such a full and rich life? We're going to have problems either way. So which one would we rather have? Now, another thing that I've changed my mind on is in the way that I used to run my business. So when I first started business and I was learning from my mentors at the time, I was taught to never let someone off a sales call until they have bought something. And I look back on this now and I'm like, oh my God, that's so gross. But anyway, what I used to do was like, if they didn't want to buy something that they couldn't afford, then I would like downsell them something else. And then I'd downsell them something else until they would just buy something and I wouldn't want to let them off the phone call until they had bought something. But now I look at that and I'm just like, that is not what this is about. Like, how dare I make that sales call about me, about me making at least some money from that sales call? No, like that sales call, which I don't even, I don't even call them sales calls anymore. I call them connection calls when I do have initial calls with potential clients These connection calls are for us to connect, for us to get to know each other. I am so blessed to be able to meet another beautiful woman uh, on this day. And for me to see in what way 
I can serve her and make her life better. And that may be through making a sale and then opening up the door to her changing her life forever. But if it's not aligned, then it's it's not going to uh, eventuate into us working together. Like it has to be about them and, and what they get of that, uh, that call as well as like me giving as much value as possible on that initial call as well. And naturally, like every time we decide to change our life and, and, and commit to something that's new, it, it is going to stretch us and it is going to be a bit scary. But it's meant to be an empowered decision, not a pressured one. Like no one should make a decision out of pressure because I feel like there's um, no other chance and they're, they're being pushed to do so. It should be a, an empowered decision that feels good. So that's something that I've changed my mind on. And you know what? Like in today's uh, in, in today's uh, culture, like there are still many business coaches that are teaching to not get off a sales call with a potential client until they buy. But I don't teach that anymore. And I don't do that because I don't like there's business, but there's also just human decency and human understanding. And there's acting in integrity as well. And that's where I'm personally at. Now, the final thing that I'd like to share with you, and I thought about this, whether I should put it in here or not, but I decided to because this has been a big, a big, 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 big uh, area of my life over the last 12 months that I have lived, that I have learned about, that I have ruminated on, and I've just done a 180 in my perspective and that is in regards to relationships as you know over the last year I have separated from a long-term relationship a 10-year relationship that went from when I was 18 years old to 28 years old so my entire adult life and you bet like this with with James um with this person I was going to ride and die with them they were my soulmate. I was going to live the rest of my life with them. That was never a question until, you know, later on, it, it became something that we had to start talking about because we wanted different things. We needed different things for the next chapter of our life. And we had to have that challenging conversation time and time again of like, what's the best path to go from here? Like, you know, do we stay together because that's kind of the right thing to do? And do we work through all these problems or do we acknowledge that change is the only constant and each of us are constantly changing? I'm changing, you're changing, our relationship as an entity is changing. So we're constantly re-meeting ourselves, we're constantly re-meeting each other. And then at some point, it may just be the reality that who we are now is completely different to who we were 10 years ago or even who we were last year and where we want to go to next in our next chapter of our life is not in alignment with each other. You know, maybe we can walk that, maybe we walked a beautiful 10 years together and we've nurtured a beautiful relationship for the last 10 years, but for the next chapter of our life, maybe it's not a path to be walked together. So, some people might say that this is a jaded perspective. I don't think it's jaded. I think this is just where I'm at in life. But something that I've changed my mind on is that we have a soulmate. 
or a person, even if we're in a long-term relationship with them, that we are going to be together forever. And I do love that fairy tale, right? Like fairy tales that have just taught us that that is the pursuit and of happiness and of love and what life is about, like finding that one person and then it's like happily ever after. But is it just romanticized and is it just a concept that isn't truly reflective of the dynamic nature of ourselves and of a life? I'm not sure, something to continue to explore. But what I do know is I can't guarantee what I will be thinking in the future. Like even in this episode, case in point, how many times have I changed my mind over different areas? So like, how can I speak for a future version of myself and be like, yes, I am going to be with you forever and I'm going to still be choosing you like 10 years from now? <laughs> like I can't guarantee that. So what if it's not committing to be together forever, but it's committing to being together doing our best and committing to do whatever we can to make it work for as long as it's right and for as long as it's true to us and what it is that we need and we want. Like it's a different type of commitment. It's not the commitment to forever, but it's the commitment to each other, to be loyal to each other Um, and loyalty. That's a whole other conversation. I think society has conditioned us to think that loyalty is just what like sexual exclusivity it's like oh if someone is um if someone is unfaithful they're not loyal right but what if loyalty isn't just that it's actually trust and it's actually staying within the boundaries that the couple set like no matter what that looks like it's you know taking like committing to do whatever we can for the other person like you know taking a bullet for them like what if that's loyalty not just like the blanket statement of its you know exclusivity in the sexual context anyway that's a whole other story um but yeah that's something that I've really ruminated on and something that I've changed my mind on it's like you know it's not a failure to separate it wasn't a failed relationship. You know, we could have had a beautiful 10 years together. And for you, this is going to be relevant, relevant for you in your own way. Um, you could have a beautiful 10 years together. So what if it's not a failed relationship, but rather a successful completion of that relationship? Successful completion of that chapter of your life. Because we don't really do this with anything else in our life. Like if we are in a job that we are happy with for five years and then we move on to another job, we never say it was a failed job. We say that it was a really great job and then now it's time to explore a different part of our life and um, express a different part of us in a different scenario, experience something different. So why do we do that with our relationships? Why do we label them so blanket statement? It's it's successful or if it's a failure, depending on whether it is a lifelong relationship or not. We don't even do that with our friendships. So something to consider, that's something that I have landed on and this is where I'm at now. Who knows, I may come back in six months time and have a completely different perspective, but I wanted to share a few different things that I have changed my mind on because hopefully one of these will resonate with you. Maybe it's going to help you navigate a particular um a particular rut that you've got in your life right now, a particular challenge that you've got, maybe from my experiences and 
how I've learned to work through my my challenges, it will help you to do so wherever you are in your life right now. Okay, fam, that is the end of another episode. Thank you so much for listening in. I love that you are here and you continue to show up and support the podcast. It means so much to me. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Keep showing up as your highest self and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.